The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 88 of the MX Vice Show podcast, the only podcast that covers MXGP extensively and comes in every week with people who were on the ground at each MXGP round. It's a novelty for us and it's a novelty for you. It's just great times, great times had by all. This is the MX Vice Show and as always I'd like to thank you people for listening but also Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. Those people keep the lights on, they keep this podcast running, and I'm excited to share that we've got a few people being added to that list next year. A couple of exciting companies that um, will only add to what is already a prestigious list of the best companies in motocross. This is the MXY Show, and as always, we'll have the segments that you've come to love and adore. Liat Ask Vice Anything, for instance, and we'll also have a bit of a spotlight on um, some new things that Liat have to offer. Great questions from you and also great insight into what Liat has launched in the last couple of weeks since we last did a podcast, in fact. We've got the Planet Moto bombshell of the week and we've also got some old favourites that haven't been around for a while. It's the off-season now, we're throwing out the rule book and yeah, we've got a bit more time. There's no, there's no race coming up this weekend, there's no rush, there's no intensity, there's no rules. We can chill out for once, it's all fun and games, it's all great. This is the MXY Show, as I've said many times. And the first part is, of course, presented by Fly Racing. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet from Fly Racing has changed the game. Speaking of the formula helmet, Max Anstey now wearing the formula helmet. And very impressed, uh, I've messaged him on day one of wearing the formula helmet and asked him what he thought. And he said, wow, you, were, you weren't lying to me. It really is quite good. Isaac Gifting, another new addition to the Fly Racing family, who will be sporting the Formula Helmet in 2022, and he will be better because of it. Fly Racing do continue to innovate and elevate, and there is more of that to come from, from Fly Racing. I believe there will even be an announcement while I'm in America, an event while I'm in America. So we'll have more on that in the coming weeks. We'll get JT back on the podcast just to talk about MXGP, talk about America, and talk about Fly Racing because that went down a storm last time. Anyway. I'm Lewis Phillips, your host. Happy to be here. Happy to be steering the ship once more. And alongside me, well, not alongside me, you wouldn't let someone of this calibre sit alongside the captain, in the lower rungs of the ship, in the janitor's closet, ringing out his mop. It's a man who's crawling to the finish line of life, hasn't got much to offer anymore, really is just a nuisance, if anything, really just 
like an old car. It's got a lot of miles on it, a lot of smoke coming from every direction, chugging along. It does the job, but not a great one. It's James Burfield. Wow. Um, thanks for that fantastic uh, intro. Um, that's exactly how my wife presents me to people. I doubt exactly. she presents you. She does. I, usually she walks in the room and then I come in after. Because I'm late. Yeah, it's a bit... <laughs> okay, I believe that. That's a bit... Um, <laughs> that's a bit... Because yeah. um, I'm late or I've not read the memo. You definitely think a lot of yourself if you think she presents you. Like she walks into a room and goes, hee yee hee yee. And now announced the me. arrival of James Burfield. Like, no. No, no, she's, he's with me. <laughs> From apologize. experience in the MXGP paddock, I presume it's everywhere else in the world, but I believe that once people have noticed your arrival, they just roll their eyes and tut. Uh, no, no, that's just competitors. Competitors? Yeah, and anything I don't, in life. Did you have a, I don't know if you've got competitors. Oh, I, do. I do. I don't know. Who is, who is your main competitor in the absolute waste of space category? <laughs> uh, when you actually introduced me, there was something which uh, you did say which resonated me, with me quite well because it brought a smile on my face where you said the word closet. Uh, it was a metaphor for how far down in the ship you are. Basically, the lowest of the low other than being thrown overboard, which at this point, to be honest, is a good option as well. <laughs> wow. Uh, funny enough, <laughs> I haven't actually... I mean, most things I can kind of talk my way out of. Uh, however, today's incident is, uh, is, is up there with those where I, I've got no defence. Literally no defence. Yes. Good news, everyone, so, is um, this is the off-season. There's a bit more time, so I'm really going to put some time into figuring out how we sidestep James Burfield in the future. So if you enjoy James Burfield, I know that there is a fan out there probably that does. Make the most of him while you can. Maybe just, like, hit repeat on this podcast because I can't promise that he will be invited on much longer. The, uh, so, the good news is, people, is I will have my own podcast show soon. Okay. Where Look forward to that. Be... Where you're just gonna, you're just gonna go. What is there a GP on this weekend? And then it's just gonna be crickets because it's you alone. And, uh, 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 yeah, um, I think there's a GP on this weekend. Um, Everts is leading the champ. No way, not Everts. is not him anymore, is it? He's not, he's not around anymore. Uh, 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 uh. Greg Albertine? No, no, that don't sound right either. Uh, uh, yeah, Caroli. Caroli's the champion, I think. Uh, uh, my first guest uh, on the new show is Glenn Koldenhoff, and he will be talking about people who irk him. Speaking of, there's a podcast coming up on MX Vice. Mark DeRuva has asked me to do a podcast with him because he says he has things to say that are going to basically chuck a match <laughs> onto, a, onto a pile of hay, essentially. <laughs> We're waiting until FNH announce their riders, but he is very excited to get this podcast done and be his normal, honest self. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. <laughs> so I don't know if that will ever see the light of day. It may just get recorded and then put in a shelf somewhere. <laughs> but... That's he's honest. Do any other podcasts which have made their way there? He messaged me at 11 p.m. on Sunday night and said, Mate, when is this happening? I was like, Oh, wow. You, you are keen, aren't you? 
That was believable until he said the word mate. Okay, yeah, true. He calls me the biggest liar in motocross. Yeah, that I was going to say. That's that's. I don't know why. That's It's a running joke. It's just a running <laughs> joke now. Uh, can you remember the first time that he came over and hugged you and tried to yeah, kiss you? Yeah, you've said that a million times on this podcast, James. Please live in the present day. It's just a great moment up there. Just, just up there. So, how are you? Good, good. Just recently got off the plane from Ireland. Um, Okay, that's uh, enough about that. Straight into the studio. Yeah, cool. Thanks. <laughs> How are you, though, Lewis? More importantly, because obviously uh, it's all about you. So, how are you? How are you feeling? How are you coping uh, after this crazy, crazy season? Most exciting season in 20 years. How are you coping? Well, I would describe myself as like a key without a lock. A, a what? A key, a lock without a key. No. Yeah, a lock without a key, because the lock is just sat there without a key. Doing anything. Yeah, just the lock's there, like, oh, I wish there was a key. So <laughs> also, you could say the same about um, a steaming hot turd, which is just sat there, and it's just then getting sort of lukewarm and then cold and then kind of shriveled up into a dry turd. That'd be about you right. You know, have you ever seen but- Toy Story? Uh, I probably have seen Toy Story, but I don't think you would have because you don't actually watch anything other than motocross. No, of course, that was a film of my childhood. When Andy puts Woody on a shelf and everyone's like, "Ah, he's been shelved. No, oh my God. And he's gathering dust. Is that what happened to you when your brother came along? No, that's me. That's me now the season's done. I've been put on the shelf. Did they put Lewis on the shelf? February February the 20th. February the 20th, I come down from the shelf again, apparently. They say February the 20th. Obviously, the calendar isn't out yet. But if you're a British fan out there, you may want to book a hotel for February the 20th. With free cancellation, of course, because I'm not 100%, but there is a high chance that a hotel in Winchester for February the 20th will come in handy. What? I may already have a hotel booked in Winchester for February the 20th, just to be safe. So... Just a little heads up out there for you people. Like I say, it might not come to anything, but that's definitely a possibility that you will need that hotel. Have you booked mine? No. Prick. You sort yourself out. I don't even like, we don't even know you go to Matterley. You've been to Matterley like once in five years. You've done some hurtful things in, uh, in my time. You know, I, 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 you know, I'm used to you calling me useless and everything else. However, you've always booked me a hotel. So the plan, from what I hear, I think we're going to go Matterley, Argentina, Brazil. Booking.com. That's what I think the first three rounds are going to be, and I think we'll start on February the 20th. I think, I think if I had to guess, I would guess it goes Matterley, weekend off, Argentina, Brazil, weekend off, Os. I think those will be the first four rounds. What, what date did you say Matterley was? Okay, can you focus on the podcast, please, James? February the 20th. Can you focus on the podcast, please? That's a Sunday. Oh, that pr- okay, I was going to say, if, that isn't a, if that's actually a Sunday, then what I heard must have some validity because it's not like a, just a random date. Just booking that now. Okay, brilliant. Um, this isn't a very good podcast. The one we did before was much better than this because you actually engaged rather than try to be funny by going off and doing your own little things. Uh-huh. Holiday in Winchester and IHG Hotel. See availability, free cancellation. Thank you. 
Okay, Sorry. brilliant. Crack on. Yes, I think we're. I think we're going back to Brazil, but we're not going. I don't think we're going to uh, any of the old tracks like Beta Carrero or anything. A new track, I believe, and also Argentina. I think we're going to a new track as well. So no more new Queen, I don't think. Which has obviously been a rumor for a while, but I don't think we're going there next year. And also, yeah, brand new track in Brazil as well. Brazil obviously hasn't been on the calendar in a while. I've never even been there, so yeah, I think there's a high chance I get killed there. But you know, you never know. What in Brazil? Where somebody don't like you? No, I think Brazil's quite a dodgy place, isn't it? Uh, nah, it's fine. Um, there's a really cool place what you need to go and visit. It's called the Favela. Ah, Modern Warfare 2. Yes, I know it well. Yeah, so uh, try and I'll get you a little tourist, uh, little tourist, uh, little place booked for you. Um, and then <laughs> otherwise possibly... known as a otherwise known as a hotel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I will give a little tourist place booked for you, yeah, <laughs> otherwise you, known as a hotel. Yeah, I'll get you a little hotel in the favela, and then what I'll do is, just in case anything does go wrong with the hotel, I'll be there for the next round to take over. Okay, you're boring me now. Um, obviously, we didn't do a podcast for the first uh, for the last two rounds of MXGP. Tight turnaround in between. I wanted to do one at the end of last week, but we have James Burfield to blame for that, as per usual. So we're back now, Maybe. and we're back for the um, we're back for the foreseeable. Obviously, there isn't actually that long to go because if we do indeed start in February on February the twentieth, that's not far away. That's actually three months away, basically. Quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say, yeah, literally three months, twelve weeks, twelve weeks, and the season starting. Quick turnaround, and crazy to think that people don't actually have deals yet. But you know, we always knew that at some point there was going to be a short off season off the back of COVID. It just had to be. And um, it looks like this one's going to be it. But anyway, so last round, very exciting, all very exciting. Uh, two riders tied on points going into the final moto. Probably never going to see that again in our lifetime. In any series, I, I would guess. I feel like in whether it's Supercross, AMA Motocross, the British Championship, the Dutch Championship, the World Championship, I feel like the chances of that happening are so slim that whatever series it comes across, it comes across once in a blue moon in the sport. So um, I hope everyone enjoyed it while they could. Greatest season in motocross history. Fact. But off the back of that, although it was all very exciting and everything, I feel that the outcome was the one that everyone expected. So the outcome actually wasn't that shocking because talking to everyone in the paddock the day before the final round, on the final round, everyone was all very like, what do you think is going to happen? And everyone was kind of like, well, there's a good chance for Hurlings is just going to go 1-1 and it's kind of a foot, then nothing like, that's all he needs to do to win it. So like everyone kind of saw that coming and it happened. But, and the right man won. Like at the end of the day, he missed four motos. He never, it never even should have been that close. He should have had it wrapped up at Mantova one or even maybe Trentino two if he'd completed those four rounds. So the best man won. It was good to see him win again because obviously it's been since, since 2018 and he's been through a lot since then. So yeah, the right, yeah, just a good outcome, I think. A good outcome, James. Yeah, um, I, I kind of said it. I think we've done the predictions for the title and I've always went with uh, Hurlins and I think we brought it way down to as a 60-40. I think we, we were mentioning the last two rounds going into Mantova. Yeah, I think he, I think he, just, he, he, he just got the job done. He'd done what he needed to do. Uh, obviously, twitchy bum time um, for him and like a few little mistakes. Um, but got it across the line. But, you know, fair play to, to February, you know, pushed right until the end. Yeah. 
Indeed. I don't know where you want to go now. I think we should probably talk about... Um, why don't we grade the riders based on the season? You're such a bastard. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a great <laughs> idea? You're honestly, you're honestly such a bad person. You are going to hell. Like you are, you are straight. I don't, I don't even think there's a debate. I think you are going straight to hell. You say that, Lewis, but there's a great chance I'm going to heaven. That's, that is just blatant plagiarism there. It's not this. I think it would be advantageous to us, to, to everybody who listens to this podcast, that we, quite rightly, cast our uh, shadow over the GP season and let, let's talk about how these guys have performed. Agree? Okay, okay. First of all, should we start with this? Just change it up a little bit. I, I kind of like the grading system, Lewis, if we could go back to the grading <laughs> Okay, <laughs> fine. Fine, let's do the grading system. <laughs> so, we, top 10 in M- <laughs> What? Should we tell everybody why it's so funny? Basically, I've already done the first hour of this podcast. James has one job, and that's push record. Guess what James didn't do? for an hour, push record. And I, he, the only reason we realised is because I realised that he hadn't pushed record. He had no idea. So we've graded the riders. We've done that. <laughs> and now we've got to do it again. <laughs> Although I may change some of my grades because obviously I've had a dry run now and I think I might um, switch some things up. And, and the thing is now is this is the worst. This is what happens to me because you blatantly made some very critical errors. Uh, in our podcast, which wasn't recorded. No, okay. And now you're going to get... No one's ever going to hear that, so... Right, and now you listen to my reasoning, and now you're going to change them, because you know I was freaking right. No, not at all. And that, and that did you know, the, the worst thing is, is like, you're like, oh, he knows nothing, blah, 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 blah. And I can't actually, for the first time ever, I can't prove it. So, Unbelievable. Your champion, Jeffrey Hurlings, missed four motos, still won the championship, won the most motos, Won the most overalls, had the most pole positions, led the most laps, A+. plus. Do you know what the greatest, greatest thing ever in the world is? The fact I can still remember your grades. Yeah. I'd, so I'd, as you A correct plus. them, I will correct you. Okay, A+. Plus. Yeah, um, absolutely smashed it, even with uh, literally three motos uh, without scoring points. Uh, back injury, what can you say? The guy... Smashed it this year, literally. Just, yeah, A+. plus. Where did you get back injury from? <laughs> well, shoulder, back. <laughs> okay. Same thing, isn't it? It's a shoulder injury, not back injury. Anyway, yeah. um, okay, Hurling's A+. Plus. Second place in championship, Roman Feverer. Uh, one overall win, six moto wins, second in the championship, narrowly missed out. A+. A. Yes. Why have you got? Why just A? Because A plus he had to 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 be A plus. He either had to win the championship or win more overalls. At the end of the day, it's Fever had an incredible season. He rode incredibly. He He missed uh, out. I'm talking. I'm talking. He was incredible season. Rode incredibly. Best he's been in years. Amazing. But. He lost the championship by five points, and I can name six examples off the top of my head where he left those six points on the table through his own mistakes. Go. Well, number one, Go. Uh, I, think, I think it was for second Turkey, where he was leading on the last lap, 
tipped over in a stupid crash, went back to fourth. There you have it. That, that, the, that right there is the championship. So, and there was no, no one to blame for that other than himself. Latvia, he was leading, crashed on the start straight in a random crash that no one saw coming. There, that right there, championship. Uh, Matali, I believe he lost the lead on the last lap. That right there. Okay, that wouldn't have been the championship because that was only three points, but that helps. Yeah, like there was just a lot of that through the year where, okay, it sucks. He rode incredibly. I'm not taking that away from him. But at the end of the day, I would imagine that the thing must, that must sting for him is right now he knows that he could have changed the outcome of this. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right in a, a certain aspect whether we give him a grade or, or not give him a grade or what grade we give him, he's kind of got to live with that, knowing that, that that title was within his reach. He had the ability to, to, to close out this year. But there again, he smashed it. He really did. I thought he rode well. He put the pressure on. He made Hurlins fight literally, every, literally everything Hurlins had, he had to dig out and use this year to win that championship. So... I see where you're going with A, but for me, it's A plus as well because I, he, he made Hurlins have to work the hardest he's ever worked to get a title. So the fact, I put, I put him on mm, equal, equal pegging. I don't know. Hurlins had to work very hard because he missed a round. But still, he remained pushed and pushed and pushed and pressured through this whole championship. You cannot... You, you can't deny that. He, he, and, and he was just as good as when he won the, the World Championship. Um, I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm merely starting ago. a conversation. No, I'm just saying, like, we're talking about grades. I, yeah, I agree with you. Hurlin's A+. Plus. I would say uh, Fevre, exactly the same. I, I just think Fevre he's done... A because he lost the A+. Plus. If this was schoolwork, sorry, Roman. You didn't get an A because I've circled seven mistakes on your work that would have made this an A+. Good job still. An A is really good and you should be proud of yourself. But if you look at the seven things I've circled on your schoolwork, those mistakes, if you'd managed to fix those little mistakes, this would have been an A+. Okay, Mr. Phillips, thank you for your feedback. No worries, Roman. Okay, you're saying that and then you're saying that Jeffrey Hurlins has got an A+, because he missed three races. However, and overcame the mistakes. Okay. He overcame the mistakes. Still made mistakes. Get the job done. He got landed on. Let's not get into that again because I don't want to have no, another no, no. conversation no, with you no, about no, no, luck. No, 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 no. Trentino 2 went down in the first oh turn. God. That ultimately, if he didn't get landed on at Oss, that, isn't a ma- that doesn't even matter. He could have thrown that moto and just walked away and gone, yeah, you know what? I can't be asking. Would That wasn't the turning point. Anyway, we've done the grades. Next, Geyser. Weird one. Started the season. Incredible. Best ride of his life. Russia and Matali, actually, because if you remember, second motor at Matali was incredible for him. First two rounds get an A++++++. After that, it just kind of went away. He was good. He wasn't great. He wasn't bad. He was fine. He was just fine the rest of the year. But he, there's no doubt that Hurlings and Fevre were better riders towards the end of the year. And in fact, when Prado was healthy, I'd say that in that Octo- beginning of October, July, August range, Prado was the better rider as well. So for Geyser, I give him a B+. Um, yeah, I, again, it was a bit like Roman. It, Tim, Tim kind of had the opportunity to win this championship this year. 
but there was just some just some races where you know the the sixth the seventh the eighths or whatever you know sort of came into that into that championship run which obviously doesn't help i think he should have been you know he obviously faded a little bit but he, we did expect him to to be there in 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 you know be a lot closer than he was eventually in the end so i got to agree with you i think i think i would i would go with a b plus as well it definitely wasn't a uh a greatest season so yeah but i think b plus is a fair a fair score jeremy sewer Weird one as well because he had Epstein Barr. He was ill. That's not his fault. He did the best with what he had. The, card, the cards were laid out in front of him and he made the best of that. And obviously, that, the first half of the season wasn't great for that reason. But also, towards the end, he had rides like the final Trentino where he was incredible and had the best race of his life. Like A for that one. So you've got to find a common ground between like the so so first half of the year and the fact that he did turn it around in the end and he did make it happen. So he, I asked him, he gave his interview skills an A+, which was nice of him. But he also gave his role, I think he gave his season a C. I would give him a C+, I think. No, no, that's harsh. No, is it? No, B-, B-, B-. Um, uh, I know he had Epstein Barr, but I just expected... Uh, a little bit more from him this year. Uh, obviously being, I can't remember, two, three times vice world champion. Four. Four times. It makes it even worse now. You know, I expected him to to be there this year. And I know you're going to tell me long COVID or COVID or nope, Epstein, Epstein Bar. Bar. Epstein Bar. I just expected, I just expected more. I'm just a bit, a bit disappointed because the other thing as well is, We'd seen a glimpse of what he could have been and should have been at Trentino. And um, I gotta be honest, I think, like looking back when we were talking about um, championship contenders in outside, like we, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, Viao in, in, in Gertz in MX2 this year, but also Maxime Renault was always gonna be a dark horse. I'm sorry, I was just wondering when you were going to get to your point. Just wondering when you're going to get to your point. <laughs> what grade are you giving Sewer James? <laughs> you really are a dick. <laughs> I, was just, I zoned get out, out zoned back in. <laughs> Seriously, when you were little... Like, I can imagine sort of Elliot just coming along, you know, playing with his toys and stuff like that. And like Lewis, like the, like the whole monitor walking into the front room. Sorry, you're not playing with that. We're not having fun in this house. James, what grade are you giving Sewer? See? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But I agree with Sewer on his A plus for interview. <laughs> I don't either, James. I've already done it once, but who do we have to play for that? <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. I also agree with Sewer on the A plus for um, his interview skills. Did you enjoy Sewer's interviews this year, James? James? I'm not talking to you. Fuck off, you <laughs> fucking sound piss bollocks. What, what? Did you enjoy Sewer's interviews this year, James? Yeah, immensely. Did you listen to any of them? No. Okay, brilliant. Sewer, if you, if you, want, if you want to learn more about MXGP as a whole, 
I would go back and listen to all of the sewer interviews from this year because not only is he good at quite talking about himself, he's also good at talking about other riders and what he notices from other people. And also, like he even said in the interview at the last round, that um, from what he, he feels that Yamaha have treated Ben Watson quite poorly. As a, as a writer, like he's literally taking on a role of a journalist at that point. So yeah, I'd, I'd recommend listening to those. He gets an A plus for nose, but I give him a C plus for the track. Prado. James, would you like to go first on this one? Uh, yeah, I've got to be honest. Um, I, I expected more from Prado this year. <laughs> if I was in Worthing now, you'd be in a fucking headlock and I'd be kneeing you in the head. What did you expect so more? You know. what, what did he do wrong this year? Please enlighten me. See. No, 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 no. You said you expected more. What did he do wrong? Please point out where you expected more. C. No explanation. C. <laughs> I give Prado an A. Fucking drunk. <laughs> I give Prado an A because before his broken back and his hole in his arm, which was self-inflicted. He was at fault at Tushintol. But before that, his season would have been very similar to Fevra's and was shaping up to be very similar to Fevra's. So I give him the same grade as Fevra, and that is an A. Because when he fell out of the sky spectacularly, he was nine points from the red plate. That's amazing. And you know what? Had he not crashed in Tushintol... I think there's a chance for we're sat here right now and he is your 2021 MXGP world champion. Because? Drunk. Because, also, not without Hurling's DNF in Trentino, but with that, with the extra Hurling's DNF in Trentino, I just feel like Prado, with his starts and his ability to not get passed by people, would have been well suited to put the challenge and make the most of that situation. I give Prado the same, the same grade as Fevra for the sole reason that he had a season very similar to Fevra. And it would have turned out a lot better, but you and everyone is looking at the point that he was looking at the fact that he was 120 points down on the championship leader at the end and going, oh, that was a bad season. But no, no, no. He wrote, really, after Tushintal, he could have called it a day and just finished the season there. And I think you would then look at it very differently. Fact of the matter is, he soldiered on, did what he could do, and that's made everyone think his season was worse than it actually was. I'm here to tell you, Prado could have been world champion. Drunk and 146 points down. He had great opportunities this year. I just don't think he... But you're ignoring... The, okay, you're ignoring the fact that before his injury, his first injury, he was nine points from the red plate. So everything was great at that point. Yeah, and Geyser was what? We had the red plate. Okay. Uh, and, and where did guys end up? No, I don't think he would have been. He would have been... I don't know what you're getting at. I, I'm just saying that I don't know how you get an A. Like, you're on drugs. Well, A. Mr. Phillips has handed out an A. And Mr. Phillips' scores are final. Uh, I'm going to change mine to uh, a B-. minus. <laughs> All right, let's just keep talking, and in the end, you'll come up to an A. <laughs> no, no, that's that. That that is just that is where. He, at the end of the day, he should have been higher up. Oh my god! Yes, he would have been. He raced with a broken back. 
oh my God, Hurlins was out with a broken shoulder. Such and such, his mum's cat died. Like everybody's got a fucking excuse, haven't they? Everyone's got an excuse. I don't like this conversation. Moving on. Like <laughs> Crowley, another weird one because, um, again, season of two halves. He was, hey. very compet- <laughs> he was very competitive in the first half, right there, very impressive. Matley was impressive. Turkey was impressive, right in the title hunt. Then the Riola crash happened. And from then, he was kind of going through the motions, injured. We know he doesn't care about finishing fourth, fifth, or sixth in a championship. So, One Trentino. Points were no longer on his mind. So, all in all, I give Crowley the same score as Geyser, and that is a B plus. A. I thought he 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 had a great. Crowley season. had a very similar season to Prado. How could like if you're giving like how can you how can you put such a difference between Crowley and Prado? Because Crowley's like forty years old. Prado's five. Oh, but Jesus Christ! Do you know how hard it is when you get old to part with shit like like I feel like I'm Crowley and you're Prado, so like Crowley's had to deal with years and years of shit, you know, being on top, winning, and then it's jumped up little fuck oh, wow. comes along. You really you think a lot you think a lot of yourself, don't you? You've had years on top of winning, have you? <laughs> yeah, and then you come along, do a couple of good interviews, I think you're it, <laughs> and then oh. Broke a rib. I think we're. I think we're broke a rib. I got a I bit think, of a cold. It was actually Caroli who broke a rib. Whatever. <laughs> so you're, you're, your reasoning you is sh- very off there. You and your shit grades can go away. I think a B plus is very reasonable for Crowley, and I think an A is correct for Prado. Cold enough. A. Cold enough. A. <laughs> <laughs> It's again, it's a hard one because if you look at expectations, it was terrible. Personally, he was right where I expect him to be, expected him to be. It was terrible. Yeah, I Yamaha, probably would have... Yamaha employed him to go for a championship. Well, it and that's did what not work out well. as well. And it did not work out well. If you'd asked me at the beginning of the year, I probably would have said he'd finish seventh in the championship. Lewis, you are literally. You can try and brush... You can literally do whatever you like. You, you can try and... See? You, you can try and, like... It, it was a terrible, terrible year for him. Terrible. I give him a C. Because it was an average year for him, and a C is an average grade. He did lead laps. He did get on the podium twice. I give him a C. What do you give him? Just talk yeah, or... I, I, I agree C, but uh, earlier on, you gave him a B+. Plus. No, actually, I gave him a C and you gave him a C minus. Why would I give Cold enough a B plus? <laughs> literally, like, like, because I, I, you, I jokingly said he got an A plus. You know that literally Cold enough is burning an effigy of you, like, in his garden, celebrating your death, and you're just trying to give him a B plus just I gave to him make a him C. feel better. I gave him a C. Earlier on, you gave him a B plus to make him no, feel I better didn't. and to like you. I actually you just didn't. Want to be liked. You want everyone to like you. On that logic, Cold surely I'll be giving like him you. a B plus now. Cold me, and Cold Cold are, like me and Coldenoff are going in a good direction. Jonas. Yes. He's driving you off of a cliff and jumping out of the car. Jonas. And you've actually got tape around you stuck to the seat. C, average, average season, average grade. After Coldenoff's jumped out of the car and you're going down okay, the cliff. Okay, brilliant. Thank then- you. 
Thank you. He's there watching you live die. He's watching you. you scream and say, Glenn, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was wrong. Jonas. Yeah. What, what would you give Jonas? Because let's just have a laugh at this one. B plus. You're such a liar! You gave him an A earlier. No, oh, I didn't. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I actually, I actually needed that to be recorded because I haven't changed one of my grades. You have changed all of yours. Honestly, you're a mental. You gave him an A and said, "Oh my god, he Paul's has done so well." No, I gave him a B plus. No, why I would said I give him an A? I yeah, gave and I gave him a B plus. <laughs> You gave him an A. You definitely oh gave it. I said, "What the hell have you been smoking?" Oh. And you and I said it was all down to expectations because at the start of the year, you were telling everybody about how fucking fast Jonas was around Lommel. He's going to show everybody. A, he's going to blow them away. This he's is a terrible pick. podcast because in, this is a terrible no, podcast because all you are doing is talking about a podcast that no one will listen to. Episode sixty. Lewis Phillips. No, you're talking about My a podcast that you didn't press record. My sec- secret weapon for uh, 2021 title is Paul Jonas. No, no one's seen the title. Right more. Me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is your problem with everything. Drunk. I said that Jonas impressed me preseason. You immediately, in your little simple mind, immediately go. Ugh. Lewis is thinking that Lewis thinks that Jonas is going to go undefeated. Oh my God. Lewis thinks that Jonas is going to go undefeated. No, no. Jonas impressed me preseason. What I meant by that is, you know what? I think he's looking like a solid top five guy who's going to podium on occasion. (laughs) (laughs) You did not say that. You basically intimated that Jonas was going to shake it up. Oh my God. He would be giving the top four a run for his money. That's what you said at the start of the year. I said, I I'm going to spend, when you're in America, I'm going to spend three months of just sat here going through old podcasts and I'm going to pull out every shit thing you said. I'm gonna, I remember actually, what I'm gonna I said. It. It's going to be like a Christmas special. I'm actually, I'm going to take off next week. I'm going to make a Christmas special of what Lewis says. Okay. It's going to be I amazing. I remember what I said. Most listened to podcasts ever. Hands up. I said he'd win a moto this year, but that's as far as I took it. Drunk. B plus. Uh, let's move through this because you're you can't do this for a second time because you just seem you're just C. obsessed with talking about a podcast that no one can listen to and also getting everything wrong from that podcast. Olsen, I give Olsen, I give Olsen a C. You gave him a B plus. Uh, I gave Olsen, I, I gave Lupino a B plus, and you agreed. That's the grades. James ruined that game, unfortunately. So. Uh, I think Lewis just uh, chucked his toys out of the pram. I do apologize to everybody. Well, no, the um, fact that you, you, you're just like, oh, you're, t- you're arguing over a podcast that no one can listen to. And I never gave Jonas an A. That's ridiculous. I gave him a B plus. I remember, like, I have a good memory. You can barely remember what series we're talking about. Okay, Lewis, whatever you say, Lewis. Silly season. You're the best, Lewis. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm the best. I'm just saying that you are... You're, you're the best, Lewis. <laughs> You are pissing off the listeners. You're pissing off the listeners by talking about something that doesn't actually exist in the universe. You're the best, Lewis. Silly season. Everyone's waiting on Kawasaki still. Kawasaki told riders that they were going to make a decision after the nations. Then they told riders they were going to make a decision during the Trentino week. Then they told the riders that they would make a decision after Mantova. 
it is the 17th of November as we record this, and no riders have heard anything. No, I spoke to Kawasaki this week, and they're going to make an announcement after round one. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> yeah, no riders have heard anything. So, now, clarify that. I'm not talking to Brara May. So maybe the riders I'm talking to have heard nothing, and Brara May is silently working away in the background signing contracts. I don't think so, though, because in that case, the riders I'm talking to would have had to have been told. They would still would have heard something, wouldn't they? So Kawasaki basically aren't moving. And because of that, a team like Geben can't make a move because they don't know who they're going to get. Realistically, they could have Flandering or they could have Watson or they could have Boromay or But all of these riders want Kawasaki. So they're obviously waiting for that factory seat. So until Ka- once Kawasaki finally makes a move, everyone's going to sign. Everything in the paddock will suddenly work itself out. But right now, every satellite team even gear deals, even like you wouldn't even, like, you wouldn't even believe the depths that this Kawasaki holdup is touching. Basically, there isn't much to say about Silly Season until Kawasaki make their move because we're all waiting. So what you're saying is even if Geben have offered a contract to Calvin Vlanderen, he's not going to take it because he might miss out on a Kawasaki spot. I'm saying obviously everyone's going to wait for factory equipment or a factory team. So that's all. That's basically what's happening. Other news: I hear rumor. The rumor mill is spinning. I hear that Fernandez is going to be a fir- the third HRC four fifty rider. Wow, where does that leave one one four? I'm hearing shaky things about one one four as well. Ooh, when when you say shaky, shaky what? I just I just hearing some confusing things. What as in going away? I don't know. Just hearing. I'm not so sure what's going on. Just hearing some. Sh- heard a few shaky rumors, but. From, the rumours also tell me this came from a rider who was informed, or was not informed, but had heard that Fernandez has gotten the third HRC ride. So, or maybe, maybe not hasn't got it, but he is in pole position to get it if it happens. I don't really know the details of that, but it sounds like I would expect Fernandez to be the third 450 HRC rider. Well, did, did I read uh, correctly on MX Vice that Asimoto have gone out? Yeah, Asimoto have closed their doors. So but, um, Asimoto Honda's gone. If 114 is gone, then where's the, the Honda 250s? I hear that Honda SR Moto Blues are stepping up and Rubini and Weckman will be there. That's mm. what I hear. I also hear that they are talking to teams about buying trucks, so they will be elevating themselves from a small team in the back of the paddock to a, a proper team with a proper truck and all of that sort of stuff. Big I also hear they're talking. I also hear they're approaching 450 riders. So I don't know whether of any of this is true, but I also hear don't cross the dots too much. But I heard they are talking to 114 about their truck. Maybe 114 are just getting a new truck. Maybe. Well, it could do because because uh, Garibaldi owns the uh, the MX2 team as well. Yeah, I can't. Well, unless he's you know. Got a couple of horses, what he needs to buy. I don't see why he's why he would wind down the MX2 effort. I just heard that Honda had slashed a budget. That's all, all I'm talking was about is a rumor. I just heard that Honda had slashed a budget and that put, and that um, prompted questions. Ooh. Ooh. Um, talking to Jed Beaton, those of you who listen to the post race podcast would have heard him say that his deal will be announced soon and he's looking forward to going back to said team 
Ooh, so, so, so what teams have you been on? Car Glass Honda. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say a no to that one. HRC, FNH. Going to say a no to that one just because of budget um, cuts. FNH, interesting. Please tell me more. So, yeah, those are his previous teams. So we'll see where he ends up. I believe that would be announced very soon because I actually believe he's riding the new bike today. <laughs> wow. There we go now. Yeah. So I think we can all kind of work out where he might be then on Yamaha. What? <laughs> Joke. Jokes. Oh. Dick. Okay. Also announced this week, most Dyke has taken beaten seat at Husqvarna MX2. That's a good fit, I think. I think that's definitely the best option for both parties. That's a strong team. Gifting has gone to Hitachi KTM. Again, I think that's the best option for both parties. I think I don't think Gifting, Gifting could have expected a spot on a factory team. And Hitachi is a good step aside from a factory team. And I think the Hitachi Gifting is probably the best bet they could have got. So I like that. I like that. I think he's going to do well as well in Britain. Well, it shakes up the dynamic because Conrad has kind of been the leader of that team the whole time. And there's a very real chance that, like, for instance, the British Championship, Conrad went there and basically just rode around and had a jolly old time. Now... There's a very real chance that Gifting's going to beat him consistently on his own, on the same team. Maybe steal the British Championship from him. Like, so it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic unfolds because um, yeah. Conrad's always been the number one rider on that team as long as he's been there. So Maybe this is a chance for Conrad to shine without having the, uh, the pressure on him to be the number one rider. I um, like this. Also, more news. Uh, I know for a fact that Triumph are talking to two teams in the paddock about 2023. This is so exciting. Tell me more. Triumph have actually been in the paddock. Oh. And tell me and more. I know, I know for a fact that they are talking to two teams. Oh. Maybe there's more. Maybe there's more. Oh my but god. This is so I know cool. for a fact that they are talking to two teams about 2023. They're not going to do anything in America or Europe until 2023. But in 2023, expect them to turn up with an MX2 and MXGP rider. Will Ricky Carmichael be the team manager, please? Obviously not. Please. Oh, damn it! So that actually is going to be your. Please hold. Your. Brian <laughs> Moto Bombshell of the Week. Jesus. That is it. Triumph are in the paddock talking to teams and plans are, well, the talks are definitely starting about 2023. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better. And you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto have packages available, although those are sold out for the most part until March 2022 now. Planet Moto is a very popular destination for riders from across Europe and the world. So what you're going to want to do is if you're ever planning to go to Spain, get ahead. But also, keep an eye on planetmotor.co and Planet Motor Holidays on Facebook because you never know, there may be a cancellation and you may be able to slide in there and steal a date much sooner than March 2022. So that would be my recommendation. Head over to Planet Motor Holidays on Facebook, hit the like button, head over to Planet Motor Holidays on Instagram, hit the follow button, and then you'll be best suited to steal a Spanish holiday at the next available time. There's also the Planet Motor Academy there, which is something more suited to 
riders who want to really prepare for the new season rather than have a holiday. They want to train. They want to really make the most of their time in Spain to prepare themselves for the new race season. So a lot going on at Planet Moto. Hit those social media handles I mentioned. Visit planetmoto.co. And yeah, get yourself to Spain because why wouldn't you want to ride tracks like Red Sand? Literally, Red Sand is probably the best track in Europe you could go to as a rider of a normal mobility because it's pretty spectacular. You don't want to go to Lommel, do you? That'd be a nightmare. That'd be stressful as anything. Red Sand, fun, spectacular track. Planetmoto.co, Planet Motor Holidays on Facebook. Check them out. That is the Planet Moto bombshell of the week. So um, we're going to go to break now. When we come back, we're going to talk about Strybos and Simpson announcing their retirements and some memories of those riders. But I'd just like to thank Fly Racing again, who presented the first part of the MX5 Show podcast. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, Coned EBS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, that's AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet has changed the game. You can follow Fly Racing at Fly Racing USA on Instagram. Check out the Formula Helmet. Check out the 2022 gear. Check out everything that's going on at Fly Racing. And check out the gear and Formula Helmet on Max Anstey now. Obviously, Max is with Rocky Mountain ATV, MC, KTM, WPS officially. And of course, as we head into our first advert, I'd like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Props Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, and armor nutrition this is episode 88 we'll be back in five minutes thanks for listening you are listening to the mx vice show known for producing the world's most effective neck braces liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe no matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free liat bulletproof velocity goggles liat has you covered Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Brox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. 
Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 88 of the MX Vice Show podcast. We would like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, Armour Nutrition, and you people for listening and supporting the show. It's definitely, um, definitely going places, definitely seeing an improvement in numbers and all of that sort of stuff. So yeah, feels good. Makes it worthwhile doing it. And we've got some new sponsors being added to that list for 2022. Even better. Part two of the MXY show is presented by Technical Touch. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. You too can experience the best in suspension, like Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson, but I guess maybe not Ben Watson now. So like Jeremy Sewer and close to home too. Visit technical-touch.com slash KYB-authorized-dealer to find an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in your country. Take your ride to the next level. Visit that link, find a KYB authorized dealer in your country, and then you'll be able to find a way to get KYB factory suspension close to home, making the whole process extremely convenient for you. Like, for instance, you head to that list, you see that genuine performance parts are an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in the United Kingdom. Or for this week, we'll put the spotlight on, well, there are a couple of KYB authorized dealers in France, but we'll put a spotlight on Dragon Tech, which is closer to northern France. So if you're up around that area, that's um, the ideal place for you to go to get your KYB factory kit suspension. And you can find out more information about them at dragontech.fr. They are a KYB by Technical Touch authorized dealer in northern France. But there's something for everyone on that link. Technical-touch.com slash KYB hyphen authorized hyphen dealer. There are authorized dealers in every country around Europe within reason. Some places that you wouldn't even expect you'll find an authorized dealer. So if you want KYB factory kit suspension for your bike, and let's be honest, why wouldn't you? Get on it. Especially with Christmas coming up. Like this is a perfect opportunity to take your ride to the next level. Right. Before we go into Leah, ask us anything and your questions, let's talk about Sean Simpson and Kevin Strybos. Both riders announced their retirement at uh, Mantova 2, the MXGP at Chitta de Mantova. Thoughts, James? Um, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Thank you for that. No, it's, um, you know, both have had an absolute stellar career. I was... My favorite moment was obviously being in Lirop with um and watching Sean Simpson win the race there. Um it was a yeah, it was great to be there and experience that and just the, the, the sheer joy. And I think he's you know, he's 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 done well. It's, it's a career that Sean's gonna be able to look back on and and, and be super proud of. You know, it's you know, I, I can't remember how many times he's he's represented the Britain at the Motocross Nations. He's just a real good ambassador of sport. It's been a, a real credit to KTM. And I think everywhere he's gone, he's always given like a hundred percent. And then uh, obviously Kevin, I've got, I got to know sort of Kevin over over the years, and um, he's a really good guy, a really good character, um, and obviously is he's, he's he's iconic for um, for many people. From what was it two thousand and four? Is was that his first race win? You told me, Lewis. Uh, two thousand and five was his first GP win. First GP win. And the fact that sixteen later, sixteen years later, he's just retired. You know that's incredible. Like you know, one of the best that um, you know Belgium's ever produced. So 
Uh, it's going to be a real shame not to see Kevin around the, around the pits, but hopefully he is going to start that next transition within his career. And, and hopefully, I don't think it'll be too long before we see him in a team manager role. Any, any news on that, Lewis? Well, this, I like Strybos a lot. I really do. Yeah, he's a good guy. He, uh, he messaged me on Wednesday morning of Mantova 2 and said, when I announce what I'm doing next year, it's going to be huge. What? And I was like, huh. So then I asked him after the race, and I because Marnik Bavotes is stepping down as the team manager of Yamaha Factory MX2. Yeah. So I said to him, huh, Belgian team? You're Belgian? Yeah. I said, oh, are you going to be team manager there? And he went, no, good guess, but no. And I was like, huh. And then he's best friends with Koldenoff. So I was like, are you going to be Koldenoff's riding coach slash test rider? Because I was like, that seems to make sense. Koldenoff's obviously doing a lot of testing with Yamaha. Having Strybos work through some stuff could be a per- match made in heaven. And he said no to that as well. He also said he can't tell me because it's huge and he has to wait for the announcement. Wow, now I'm intrigued. I don't know what it's going to be. I wonder if it is in fact Kimia and he was just playing along and trying to throw me off a scent. But I'm interested. He told me, I said to him, does this mean you'll be at every round next year? And he said yes. Oh, wow. This is cool. This so is cool. I don't cool. know. I don't know what, I don't know. And I don't know when it's going to be announced or how it's going to be announced. But, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, what, what about Simpson? Is, is Simpson got any, any plans next? I think there's a chance he races British Championship still. I think as okay. of right now, the plan is he'll be racing British Championship. Okay. But yeah, definitely sad. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Because obviously, Stroy Boss, you, you've kind of, he was, he was the guy who was on your wall. It's, yeah, it's weird because Strybos has effectively been racing for podiums in GPs as long as I can remember. So yeah, definitely a weird one. To, like, and I almost don't believe he's actually retiring because like I say, I don't know what MXGP is like without Strybos. Weirdly, <laughs> so like, Stry- no. Strybos, Strybos has been riding more than, than you've actually lived. Riding, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's probably true for a lot of people in the paddock. Yeah. Everyone started riding at three, didn't they? So anyone who's more than three years older than me. It's true. But yeah, no, definitely uh, no, a bit sad. Uh, I'm excited to see what Strybos has coming up next. And I'm very much looking forward. Strybos has promised me that we will sit down and we will do a podcast, warts and all, about his career. The good times, the bad times, the things no one knows about. I'm just trying to figure out if I should do that over the phone or if I should go to Belgium for it. Oh, that's an in-person one. That yeah, but then, so I don't know whether to do it next year in GPs. If he's going to every GP, maybe I could do it as like a... Yeah. Because it's going to be a very long one. So I don't know whether I should do it in like four parts. Because think about it. He's been, on, he's been on a factory team since 2003. The, the, there is a lot to cover with Strybos. We and need let's not those. forget... What? I was going to say, we need those. Not just as a podcast, but we need those as a YouTube series. Yeah, don't stress me out. I'm trying to work on all of this. Don't stress me out. Just, just saying, we need that as a YouTube series and then the audio can be taken to put in a podcast. That would just be immense. But you've got to think. With Let's Strybos, make this happen. Strybos's career. I know a Maybe lot I about Strybos's. Maybe I can do it. Okay, no, you can't. You're not, you literally couldn't press record on this podcast. The simplest. Yeah. I, could have, I probably could have trained a chimp to do that. I mean, let's face it. All you've got to do is just remember a load of stats. That's, that's no, basically all. all you've got to do. So 
all I need uh, to do is like, ah, oh, just like remember a load of stats, little incidents, what's happened along the way. Because actually, you've only been at GPs for five years. So you've only seen five years of his career, really. I could just watch some videos, get some stats. I can fucking do this. I okay, can do this. It's not, okay. What? What you got to think about Strybos? What makes like I've I've picked his brain about lots of things in his career, in passing over the years, like just lots of things. I've been like, what about this? What about this? What about this? Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Strybos's career is there may be no career like it because first of all, he never really did, he never did the whole MX2 thing. He basically went straight to a 450, which is unheard of. He also went straight into the premier class and basically fought for wins straight away. Again, unheard of. He was the next big thing. 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007, his career was escalating to just ridiculously high levels. Then 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, his career went as far down as it can possibly go. To this day, I still don't... Okay, he got injured a lot, blah, 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 but... There has to be more to, say, to it. Are you trying to say that by landing on a Hitachi KTM and winning the British Championship was the lowest point in his career? It's almost like you should let me finish what I'm saying. So in that time, <laughs> he was he was like, well, no, I'm actually going through this. So in that, and also he rode for Hitachi in 2012. I didn't say that. So I don't know why you think that's funny. It's not even like, <laughs> it's not even like got to me. I'm just saying, let me talk because I'm telling the people he was realistically, he was lucky to stay in the sport 2010 sort of time because his career went that f- so far down so quickly that it doesn't make sense to me even now. Then 2011, it started to come around as a privateer. It started to come around again and there was a little flashes here and there. Then he got back and then he got on Hitachi in 2012, won a moto at the Latvian GP, won the British Championship. But winning that moto was really the catalyst to like, he was back. 2013, he went back to factory Suzuki, the team that dropped him sensationally at the end of 2007. If I, I don't know if I've ever clarified this with him, but I think Suzuki dropped him at the end of 2007 because they wanted him to drop down to a 250. And I think that's why they parted ways because Strybos didn't want to do that. And rightfully so. Strybos finished second in the MX1 World Championship in 2006 and second in MX1 in 2007. And then, if true, they wanted him to go down? Like, what? But that was the start of a spiral. He then went back to Suzuki, did well, and then all those years later, won a GP again. His career fascinates me, and I can't wait to get into it, because I have so I have picked his brain a lot, but I have so many questions still. Anyway, so yeah, um, if you want to... And uh, Simpson's career appeals to a lot of people because it was a proper journeyman story. Like, he really built himself up from... He was never tipped to be great. He was never tipped to be a GP winner, but he really worked hard and built himself up to what he eventually became, which was a Premier Class GP winner. So that... His career also appeals to a lot of people for that reason. Two riders, fascinating careers, did a lot, going to be missed. More on them later. But for now, we'll move into Liat Ask Vice Anything. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve year after year. The 2022 line of gear is now available worldwide and there are many lines for you to consider. A 3.5 ride kit, which is an affordable combo, the 4.5 jersey and pants for 4.5 enduro jersey and pants, or the 5.5 jersey and pants. There's so much to consider. 
As if that wasn't enough, there's now an advanced range of moto helmets for 2022 too, including the 9.5 carbon, the 8.5 composite, the 7.5, and the 3.5. The Liat helmets are available in a broad range of striking colors to suit all tastes. The 9.5, 8.5, and 7.5 helmets come with a free pair of bulletproof velocity goggles too. Shop Liat's extensive line. Yes, there's more on liat.com. So much from Liat, whether it be the helmets just mentioned, the gear just mentioned, the mountain bike line, the goggles. There's so much that Liat do. The neck braces. It's funny, you almost forget to mention the neck braces, but that was the basis, the foundation their company was built off of. Who would have thought that this neck brace company would go so far? It's an impressive story. It really is. And we'll have Dave King on the podcast at some point soon to discuss that. Anyway, your questions. Thanks to Liat for giving us a platform to tackle your questions. And we'll start with Cal Crossland 26 from Instagram. He submitted this question. Would it have been a different end to the championship if the last rounds were at different tracks? There's no doubt that Mantova suited Hurlings. However, at the first Trentino, he went 1-1 quite handedly. So, although I think maybe Fevre would have stood a better chance if we raced at Trentino for the final round, I think the same outcome would have happened. The only thing to really consider is that I think the start straight was what really made a difference at Mantova because if you had pole position, you could sneak around the inside quite nicely. Whereas at Trentino, it was more of a lottery, so there was more chance of starting 10th, which ultimately may have been the difference maker. James? Uh, sorry, I was on Instagram. At LNight32, is there any news on the FIM search for a Supercross promoter? I asked about this at Mantova 2, and I heard there was multiple people who were interested. What? And there is one serious option. And no, in what? front did and no in front did not put in any sort of bid or offer or anything. Really? But apparently, I heard this secondhand from someone who'd spoken to the FIM, but apparently there was one option that could be considered serious. Well, first, I think that anybody who takes this on is literally going to lose so much money. Secondly, I'm actually surprised in front aren't interested because this would fit so well in between finish one season, start another, so that their basically staff can be you know working all year round. I thought that would be a great fit for their business model. However, they it wouldn't have at all. Their business model is so strong with MXGP; it would have it could have yeah. only de- been detrimental. Yeah, well, that, I think that's the problem. They're, I think they're the best place they've ever been. Um, as, you know, just come off one of the greatest seasons ever. Uh, things are looking good. They can get back some, some normality. So I can understand bad timing. But yeah, it's interesting because I, I, I'm really interested to find out who, who would go ahead and um, try and run with this because I can just see a lot of money being, being spent and a lot of money not coming back. If you'd let me finish Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week time, that serious promoter is... Hold on. It's me. <laughs> Did you actually think I knew then? No, I thought you were going to say something oh. like the Muppet Show or something. Oh, no, I, thought, I was hoping that you Which would have been way you were getting and you go in, me. Mate, <laughs> I'm the guy. At cot.rafal294, how many cot. people are each... Cot.rafal294, 
294. Again, love just insulting the people who send in questions. Brilliant. How many people are on HGP from MX Vice doing interviews and all that stuff? We have three people at HGP, two videographers who handle the videos that we do, and then me who handles everything else. So the website, yeah, basically media, Lewis, interviews and yeah, stuff. Yeah, Lewis does everything. So like everything can, like ever since day one, it's all been Lewis. You know, Lewis is Oh, I'm the, sorry, James. Just, I'm sorry, James. Greatest, what do you do at GPs? Lewis is the greatest gift that ever. So if anybody ever has any doubts about Lewis, he is awesome and amazing. What do you what do you do at GPs? What do you do at GPs? Because the question was how many people are at HGP from MX Vice? Please carry on. I'll just ignore that. Please tell me. Please please enlighten the people what you do at HGP for MX Vice. Please carry on this. (laughs) If you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. At Reese Davis257. Any news on who Sterry and Watson are riding for next year? God's honest truth, there is no news on Watson. There's no secret hush-hush, oh, don't tell anyone, but I've signed this. There's no agreement, there's no contract, nothing has been sorted for Watson for next year. He's not close, oh, I'm close to signing with this team. There's none of that. What, nothing has been sorted with Watson for next year. I just really want to get it across, but there's no like, oh, don't tell anyone this. There's none of that. Sterry, I've been meaning to text Sterry every day for like three weeks. I heard he's going to be on a new team, which I believe will be in the British Championship. But I don't know. I need to text him. I think he's still looking at options. I think he's still hoping to do MXGP and he is speaking to various teams. Yeah, I've been meaning to text him for like every day for weeks. I, I messaged him uh, a couple of days ago. Oh, is that the thing you do for MX Vice from each GP? No, no, not at all. It's, okay. my, um, it's my new startup I got. <laughs> what is it called? Traincrash.com. At B Park 101, what was your standout moment of the season? James? Uh, well, it would have been Lewis getting run over, but I just couldn't hit him with the car fast enough. So well, you'd have to turn up, for a, uh, turn up to a GP to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your standout moment of the season? Uh... It's hard. Because basically, it, Russia was a boring GP. Everything after Russia was amazing. I, I don't know. It's the standout moment, the thing which kind of like, is still there. It's just when Hurdens got landed on by Monticelli. It's just something you don't see every day. And the fact that he just shrugged it off and went on and won the GP. Well, won the race. I think that's like, as moments go, you know, that's, that's up there, I think. I think that as a whole, if, uh, I think as a whole, if you're going to pinpoint the, ter- the real moment, the standout moment of the season, you have to go Hurlins racing with a broken shoulder blade at Lommel because ultimately that is why he won the championship. If he hadn't have done that, he wouldn't have won the championship. So I think that, and obviously that is a huge deal in itself, like who races with a broken shoulder blade. So I think that was the moment from the season purely because that moment defined so many other things that ended up happening. And he so could have easily not done that. So I think that has to be the real catalyst to this season. At SWAT Racing, who are the most impressive debut season? Kyder Wolf or Mattia Guadagnini? Mm. Bear in mind that Kyder Wolf is younger. Yeah. And could have been in e- and could have, should have been in EMX 250 this year. Husqvarna did have very, very real conversations about keeping him in e- EMX 250 this year. Well, that, that's, 
That's a really interesting one because um, Guadagini, obviously, he's come in and he's done a really, really good job. But given Kate Kyder Wolf's age and the fact that, you know, there was a, a point where he won, he won. Was, did he win the GP or did he win a race? Um, but in he that moment, GPs. yeah, GPs, but the first GP, it was at that point, is this going to kick on and is he just going to, is it just going to click a bit like, you know, are we going to see like a Hurlins esque um, performance from this point on? I think that got me excited. Um, yeah, it was Belgium, wasn't it? Um, that got me excited to that point and then obviously didn't quite you know, didn't quite pan out like I, I, I expected. But still, I think he's he, he done fantastic. How old is he? Just turned 17 or is he still 16? Just turned 17, I think. Just turned 17. Crazy. I think you have to go with Guadagnini purely on the basis that he won GPs and he had the red plate. So rookie season for rookie season, Guadagnini was better. But I think Kaido Wolf is probably more exciting for the future. There's more reason to be excited for, for years to come with him, I think. That's probably the good way of putting it. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's yeah, I mean I mean it's it's hard to separate them, isn't it? Because they're at different different st- stages, I guess. Guadagini, um he, he rode some MX two races last year, didn't he? Yeah. Um as well as doing EMX um where he lost out to to Benistan. I mean I think when you look at uh, Guadagini finished behind Benestat in the MX250 last year, and then like without you know being disrespectful to Benestat, Guadagini just excelled this year. So I don't know. It was, it was when you actually think about that, where maybe Benestat did underperform this year, or did Benestat do do well coming into his rookie year? But then Guadagini has actually done very very well. Hard one at Sunderby. Thoughts on running an MXON event at Udavala. Um, I like Udavala. I think it's a cool GP. It would be cool for a nation's having everyone up on the rock face. Maybe a yeah. bit dangerous. But the fact Where- of the matter is, I don't think there's the parking, facilities, no. hotels, etc., 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 that you need for a nation's. And yeah. also, apart from the rock face, I'm not even sure there's enough room for the fans around the track. No, so, it's a great, great chat for a GP. I just can't see 70,000 people getting into Sweden uh, around a quarry. No, so, um, yeah. It would be good if they had the means to do it. But, and also, they struggle with... Um, what? Redbud. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. They also struggle... Okay, again, trying to actually offer some real insight on this podcast. They struggle financially to even put on a GP each year. So, like, it's quite... It's quite um, touch and go whether they have the financial means to run a GP, let alone a nation's as well. So I think, I think they're in a, they're, their spot that they're in is about right for them. At j.peterson57, out of 10, what are the chances of TC222 actually going to the AMA Nationals for the first four rounds? One. Draken? I can't see him doing the first four rounds. If he's going to do the first four rounds, he might as well do a championship. Mm, maybe Jesse's on the inside. Maybe he knows something. Yeah, I don't know where this has come from. I have never heard the rumor of the first four rounds. Maybe if, if, if this question said, would he do one round? I'd put the chances at four. But the first four rounds, one. Mm, I don't know. Maybe Jesse knows something and we don't. 
I think it's not until May next year. Who knows? Who knows? Thank, I, thank I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with uh, a five. It could happen. So basically, you're just going in the middle. Yeah, I can't be wrong then. Better still be better than you. At Kevin C four three zero, do you think Norway will win the Motocross of Nations in the next ten years? No. I've been running around actually and using Norway as an example and telling everyone that America nation's dominance is coming. The period that we had from 2005 to 2011, that's on its way back. Give it six or seven years and we'll be back there because they're going to have to beat Norway. (laughs) Because if you look at it, there isn't a strong nation coming up through the ranks in Europe. As in, okay, in seven years, France will still have Vial, um, Beniston. But realistically, they're going to struggle for a third rider again, like they have done in the past. And the same with everyone. Who's coming up for Belgium? Who's coming up for Britain? The Netherlands. The Netherlands are unstoppable at the moment. But once Hurlings and Koldenhoff go, realistically, most like DeWolf and Vlanderin? I guess that's a team that could win, but I don't think that team will ever be as unstoppable as Hurlings, Hurlings, Koldenhoff, and insert third rider. So I think in the next, in seven years' time, I think we'll be back to a stage where the USA are winning the nations every year, hands down. I think that's coming. Yeah. Because they're going to have to beat countries like Norway. And I'd bet on the USA every time. Not being disrespectful to Norway, but at the moment, Norway seems to be the country that are coming up through the ranks. At J. Junt. Underscore. Jay, what? Where do you, we don't have to discuss everyone's name? We just don't. Like we don't have how to. Do they that. Know if they, how do they know if you've, you've had the question read out when you, you can't even pronounce their name? Yunt. Why U N D T? Yunt. Where do you think <laughs> Dylan Wright will go next year? Um, I've spoken to Dylan Wright about this a few times. Offered my assistance and my help if he needs any advice or anything. He has got interest. But again, I, he's not going to get on a factory deal, obviously. But I think he has to wait until Kawasaki sort their rider. So then the Jackie Martins, the Gebbins, the good second-level teams can figure out their plans. Because, again, if you're Gebbin, are you going to sign Dylan Wright when potentially you could have Ben Watson or Calvin Vlandering? Probably not. So you're going to wait. So again, Dylan Wright's kind of going to be in a holding pattern for that reason. But I know he has had interest from GP teams. so. There's interest, and he belongs in GPs. Quite honestly, he should be in GPs next year because he's a better option than a lot of riders out there. So, yeah. Fingers crossed Dylan Wright is there because I think he adds something to the series as well. Okay, he's not an American, but there was a lot of interest from Canada in him racing, and we don't really have Canadians. So let's add a Canadian to the mix full-time. Why not? That would be awesome. At Robin Catty, Carty, will we get a compilation of Lewis asking Sewer how to pronounce things as a Christmas gift? Do you have any idea what this means, James? Uh, no. No, you wouldn't do because you don't listen to the post-race podcast. No. I have thought about putting... I have thought about doing a best bits of the post-race podcast and putting them all into one podcast for Christmas because I think that'd be quite funny because there were funny parts this year from guys... Quite a lot of guys, actually. Like, Hurlins had some funny one-liners. Sewer had a lot. Beaton had some funny one-liners. Watson had some funny one-liners. Vlandering had some funny one-liners. Like, there's... Prado had some funny one-liners, like saying that Fevra called him an asshole. Yeah, like there's a lot, I f- but that would take a lot of time. 
But if I do that, I will be sure to put in a compilation of me asking Sua how to pronounce for GPs. Sua's smart. Sua's smarter than me and James put together, so he's a good person to ask. At Chris United 93 with Renault taking the MX ti- MX2 title, that's now, that's now he and Prado of the 125 Quartet to do so. Did Muse miss his chance to contend with his Husky problems? I mean that respectfully. And also, did Natsuki just blow it or was there more to it? James, you're a Conrad Muse, uh, resident Conrad Muse expert. With, with Conrad, um, I think uh, I'm just going to just hold out for next year. I'm just going to think last year, last year on a 250, uh, let's see what he can do. If he's ever going to do it, it's going to be it's going to be 2022. I don't think... I think the essence of the question is, will he become as good as Renault and Prado? And at this point, I don't think you can say that. No. No, sorry. So, Natsuki, I'm trying to remember because he's obviously been gone a while. I did do an interview with him when he... he like, last time we seen him was on KMP. I think... I know that once he, once he got out of the GP fold and ended up doing British deals, German deals... I know at that point, he kind of got to a point where he was thinking like, what is the point in being away from New Zealand home to race the British Championship or the German Championship? Sure. GP-wise, I think he just struggled mentally. Similar to Comrade. M- maybe a different type of struggle mentally. Yeah. But I think, once, I think once he got on a 250, it kind of all maybe got a bit too much almost. I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think back. Uh, if you search Natsuki on wherever you're listening to this podcast, that podcast should come up. It was like half an hour long and we kind of went into it a little bit. So um, yeah, might be worth looking that one up. Kevin Wonders, Wonders from Holland. Do you think it's a good move for MX2 only teams to move to the MXGP class because there is not so much talent coming up? Yes, 100%. Uh, if you're an MX2 only team like, uh, let's see here, Asamota, I do believe that you would be able to take advantage of a lot more sponsorship deals, a lot more monetary options if you signed, if you became an MXGP team. Because a lower level MX2 team is not going to get as much attention media-wise, sponsor-wise, as a team, for instance, you could enter MXGP and have like Watson and Vlanderin. They're on the market at the moment. Dylan Wright, top 10 guy, he's on the market at the moment. Brara May, we don't know what he's going to be. Like many options, many, many options that you could grab to give your team Notoriety. So that would be some like that would be a I think that would be a wise business decision for whatever team you are. Obviously, a lot of people aren't going to do that, but you'd think like even on a business sense, it's smarter from a financial point of view because it's obviously cheaper to make a 450 that works than a 250. Competing with factory 250s is a lot more time consuming and financially, financially, what's what's the word? Like not financially viable as running a 450 team. So I'm surprised more don't do that. Like I say. Talent, cost-wise, it makes so much sense across the board. Finally, Steve Pontin, whose world championships are most impressive? Caroli's 9 or Everts 10? 01 and 02 minimal competition in the 500 class. This is, in, yeah, this is interesting because I think I would... Uh, well, let's, uh, going through Caroli's, 2007, he was up against Porcel, but he was dominant that year. 2005, he was up against McFarlane, rest in peace a strong competitor across the world. 2009, he won 450 straight away. He was in competition with Nagel. 
DeSalle was on a Honda at that point and third in the championship, but not as much of a threat. So it, that season wasn't the deepest. We can say that. Coppins was kind of on the way down at that point. Actually, Coppins may have even been on a Prilia at that point. 2000, and then, yeah, 2010 to 2014, he was up against Paul Ann, DeSalle, DeDiker, Nagel, who were good competitors, but I don't think that's really comparable to the depth we have now. So it's not like Caroli was up against the deepest field. It's not taking anything away, but I think right, like I don't think that's comparable to how deep the field is right now. I would probably go Caroli's nine because obviously a lot of Everett's titles, those were spread across three classes as well. So that does something to the depth. And also even like once we moved to MX1 and MX2, 2005 was a deep year. Everett's won against Coppins, Townley, Strybos, Ramon. So there was a lot of competition that year. 2006, Tortelli and Pichon, well, Pichon 2005 as well, but 2006 was meant to be a really competitive year. Obviously, KTM signed Pichon and Tortelli to take it to Everts. Pichon never got going because of illness, and um, Tortelli dislocated his hip, broke his femur, uh, Aguada for round three. So in the end, and Coppins was already injured, who was going to be Everts' main rival. So in 2006, Everts almost went undefeated, but that was a very weak field because he was racing against a young Strybos and Tanel Leok. Those were his main rivals. So I would go Caroli's are more impressive, but I don't think you would... I don't think Caroli's can be seen as, as deep as maybe people would think. Apart from 2017, when he beat Hurling's guys at Fevre, that the current crop, you could say. But yeah, that would be... Uh, that would be my views on that. I would ask James, but he's left. So <laughs> there you go. I think he'll be back for the next part. But with that, let's take it to an advert. That was Liat Ask Vice Anything. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve year after year. The 2022 line is now available worldwide, and there are many different options for you to consider. The 3.5 ride kit, an affordable combo, 4.5 jersey and pants, 4.5 enduro jersey and pants, and 5.5 jersey and pants. There's so much to consider. There is an advanced range of moto helmets for 2022 too, including the 9.5 carbon, the 8.5 composite, the 7.5, and the 3.5. The Liat helmets are available in a broad range of striking colors to suit all tastes. The 9.5, 8.5, and 7.5 helmets come with free bulletproof velocity goggles as well. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on liat.com. And of course, Part two was presented by Technical Touch with an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world. The KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. You too can experience the best in suspension like Jeremy Sura and Glenn Koldnoff and close to home too. Visit technical-touch.com slash KYB hyphen authorized hyphen dealer to find an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in your country. Take your ride to the next level. And as mentioned this week, the KYB by Technical Touch authorized dealer Spotlight goes on to Dragon Tech in northern France. Dragon Tech, that's Dragon, normal spelling, T-E-K dot F-R if you want to find out more about them and how you can get KYB factory kit suspension from them. They are northern France, so even if you're in Belgium, it may even be a good option for you. Who knows? But they are the KYB by Technical Touch authorized dealer Spotlight for this week. And also, just like to shine a little light uh, off to the side to a uh, authorized dealer in the UK, genuine performance parts. The point being, you can get KYB factory kit suspension no matter where you live. There's authorized dealers in pretty much every country in Europe. So if you want KYB factory kit suspension for your bike, and why wouldn't you? 
hit that link, technical-touch.com slash KYB hyphen authorized hyphen dealer. Find the authorized dealer in your country and take your ride to the next level. The perfect Christmas gift. There may even be Black Friday deals coming up. Why wouldn't you consider that? We'll have another authorized dealer spotlight next week just so you can learn more. Thanks for listening to part two. We'll be back in five minutes with Armour, you smarter than a birth of triumphant return. Thanks for listening. See you in a bit. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, LIAC continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free LIAC bulletproof velocity goggles, LIAC has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 88 of the MX Vice Show podcast. We're back after the five minute break, but a lot happened in a five minute break because the MXGP calendar has been released. At the beginning of the podcast, I would have warned you to book a Matterley Basin Hotel for the 20th of February, and the calendar has proven me right. So we'll get into that now in the final part. But I also promised before we went to break, Armour You Smarter Than a Birth. So now we've got to do Armour You Smarter Than a Birth plus the calendar. So suddenly this is looking like a much bigger part than we had planned. So let's get into Armour You Smarter Than a Birth. Let's start with that. It's been a while. It's been, um, I think the last time we did this, JT was on the show. Oh, also, hi, James. You all right? Yeah, good. Thanks, Lewis. Okay. Yeah, good. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> been a while since we did this. So... adventure lifestyle driven brand founded by action sports industry veterans armor recognized the void in the marketplace and created a complete line of nutritional supplements formulated especially to help athletes and enthusiasts of all levels realize their maximum potential armor's products were developed and tested in real world conditions by an all-star team of athlete owners that includes jeremy mcgrath chad reed and nick way leave nothing on the table Choose armor. Contestant number one, are you ready? Born ready. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) F, you don't remember. Four points to win. There are six points on the table. As always, the first four questions are worth one point, and the last question is worth double points. 
If you're new to the podcast, James knows absolutely nothing about motocross, so this is basically just an opportunity to laugh at him and make him realise that he is shit. Question one. Jorge Prado now has four Premier Class overall wins. Name one of the other riders who also has four 450 GP wins. There are four Hmm. riders to choose from. Just name one of them. Jeremy Sewer. Incorrect. He has two. Yes. Uh, am I allowed? Yeah. What am I allowed? Another guess or not? Yeah, have one more guess. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with Glenn Coldenoff. That's correct. Woo-hoo! The potential answers were Glenn Coldenoff, Ben Townley, Sean Simpson, and Christoph Porcel. A very mixed group there. You wouldn't put those four together in a win category, would you? Good time. Question two. Sorry, just I don't need your commentary. I just need you to answer the questions. Question two. The 450 class was introduced in 2004. KTM have won a lot since then. Is their win total in the MX1 MXGP class above 150 or under 150? Uh, I'm going to say under. That's correct. Under. They have 126 overall wins in the MX1 slash MXGP class. Question three. Thevra now has 35 450 moto wins, which is the same number as which Belgian rider? Hmm. I am going to go with... How many wins? 35 moto wins. Hmm. I'm going to go with... Strybos. Clement de Salle. Damn it, I was going to say Clement de Salle. Question four. When did Sean Simpson last win an overall? I am going to go with... Was it something like Assen 2017? Indonesia 2017. Damn it. Question five. It's all to play for. Winner takes all, but not really. In a winner, win or lose. It all rides on this question. Question five. You have 30 seconds to work this out, so you do not talk until I tell you to talk, because you struggle with this. Okay. List every year, list every year, that Strybos has won an overall in his career. You're allowed two misses. You have 30 seconds to work it out. Kevin Schreibos has wrapped up a very successful career. He won a lot in his career, different times in his life. James has to name the years that he won overall GPs. He has two misses, so he can name two wrong years, and I won't kick him out. But... Let's see if he can do it. Strybos, of course. Factory Suzuki rider for a long time. Factory Honda rider. GPKR Kawasaki. Atachi KTM. And James, what have you got for us? Uh, uh, am I, can I have a clue? No. <laughs> um, Give us some years. Right, I'm going to go 08. Incorrect. You allow two misses, you've used one. 2007. Correct. Oh, jeez. 
and 215. Incorrect. That's your two misses. You cannot make another wrong move. Uh, right, good place safe. Let's go with 2006. Incorrect. Damn it. We were looking for 2005, 2007, and 2016. Damn it. Those are the three years that Kevin Strybos won GPs in his life. A successful career. He won one GP in 2005, four in 2007, and one in 2016, bringing him to a total of six. So how many points do I get? Thank you for playing. What? How many points did I get? Two. Damn it. You needed four. Thank you for playing. Armour, you smarter than a birth. Right, now let's get into the third and final part of BMXY Show podcast. And of course, that means that we have to talk about our tremendous partners in Prox Performance Parts. The final part of VMXY Show is brought to you by Prox Performance Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offers exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. And as discussed on this podcast in the past, if you head to pro-x.com, what you'll find on there is a very handy parts builder, which helps you find the parts that you need for your bike. So if I go on there now and again, pick a random bike, uh, let's go with a, oh, a little pop-up there. Let's go with a random bike. Uh, Let's go with a Kawasaki this time. Model, let's select a model. We'll go with, hmm... Let's see here. We'll go over KLX 110. Off the beaten path a little bit. So I'm not sure what this will spit out, but a bit different. Let's try that. Let's go for a 2014. Oh, uh, Kawasaki KLX 110 2014. Many products available once again. We've got cables, a Prox throttle cable, a Prox clutch cable, Prox ignition cover gasket, oil filter, Prox oil filter, steering bearings. <laughs> wheel bearings. Basically, once again, a Kawasaki KLX 110 2014 was a bit of a uh, risky option for me there, but I had faith that Prox would have parts for just about everything. And once again, they've proven me right. So what you're going to want to do is head to pro-x.com, put in your bike. You'll then get a list of all of the parts that you need and can buy for your bike, including the parts numbers, making that extremely simple for you. And if you're mechanically challenged like myself, That'll just make it very easy for you to keep track of what you need for your bike, where you can get it from. And best of all, this all comes at a cost-effective price. You'll be hard-pressed to find something as good as quality as what Prox offer, and also as cost-effective. Thanks to Prox Racing Parts for presenting the final part of the MXY Show podcast, episode 88. So, James, the calendar is out. As predicted at the start of the show, Matty Bazin is round one on the 20th of February. We go to a weekend off from there and then to Argentina on March the 6th, a track that is TBA, as again mentioned, rumoured that um, we will have a... Why have you booked two hotels for Matley? Sorry? I've just had notifications coming through saying that James Burfield has booked two hotels for Matley Basin. 
<laughs> do, you, do you want to talk about this on air or? I, okay, I just wonder what the hell you're doing with your life. <laughs> and from there, the third round is not Brazil. It's TBA. And most interestingly, there's a weekend off between Argentina and round three, which makes me think it's not going to be Brazil after all. Because you'd go straight to Brazil, obviously. And it also has additional classes, EMX 250. So it must be a European round. And from what I've heard, I believe the 20th of March, the third round is going to be Portugal. They're just trying to get their funding in line to host a GP again. So once that gets sorted out, they will be on the list in for, uh, for round three. And then another TBA on the calendar, 18th of September, the week before the Monster Energy Microsoft Nations at Redbud, is also... TBA, and seeing as that's a week before America Redbud, I'm wondering if that could be Brazil or Mexico, because that would make sense. Or a double header in America. Back to no, back. Let's, uh, but, but additionally, it says additional classes EMX open. So <laughs> I'm guessing it will actually be Europe. Oh, that's one of the most, one of the most surprising things Canadian about Canadian rumors. What? We could have started Canadian rumors. Again, we're not here to start rumors that aren't true. I don't know. Again, that's something for you. Anyway. Most interesting is um, two interesting things, in fact. There are two Italian races, Pietram Murata and Rio Lasado. No Majora and no Mantova. Bit of a surprise. Mm -hmm. Even more interesting, no EMX 2T. Oh, hang on. I've just spotted it. It is on the calendar, but it looks like EMX 2T is going to be a one-round thing because it's only next to Lockit. Lock it, yeah. Hmm. So I'm guessing that uh, the the first of May you're going to be um, going on holiday. No, I've got to, we've got to go to Russia now. How, how how you said that this year though? How what's different? Yeah, about but next our, year? our um, I've got commitments. Oh, that sounds serious. Yeah, I've actually got commitments now. I've actually Ooh. got a contract that tells me I should go. To, I need to go to Russia. So oh. This is Viva la Russia! Uh, yeah, I, I am all ears on this one. Uh, that will be a heck of a podcast. All ears on this one about how you make this happen. I'll get so, back from Russia. You'll be like, so Lewis, how was your weekend? And I'll just be like, you don't know, you don't know, man. You weren't there. Are you gonna, when, when are you going to start applying for your work visa? Oh, I forgot about all that. Maybe I'm ill. You know what? I do feel a bit throaty. Like I said, I'm, I'm just I'm just all ears on on this one. I do feel a bit throaty, and it does feel as though this is something that couldn't mature over the next seven months. I'd imagine yeah. I'll be okay for the if, next if seven I, months, but it it definitely feels like a May illness coming on. I, I'm just going to throw this out there as a uh, um, I would definitely look over those contracts for around about first uh, of May if I was you, because um, that might come back to bite you in the ass. Also surprising, we have two. French GPs, Erne and St. Jean. Yeah, but that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but we've not had two French GPs before. We've not had two French GPs. Well, we would have. We would have had at some point, but in a very long time, we have not had two French GPs. Especially Erne and St. Jean in the same season, because they usually flip-flop. Hmm. I'm just trying to think now. Maybe we had a GP and the Nations in the same year. And that felt like it was two French GPs. Yeah, that would have probably been it. What I'm trying to figure out here is what's missing. Because we have two French GPs, 
We have well, about eight Italian rounds are missing. Is Trentino I guess that in there? Is the oh, Trentino's in there, yeah. Some Trentino's it's hard to It's hard to remember, though, because obviously we haven't had a normal calendar in a while. If I go back to... Oh, that's a point. There were rumours in Mantova that in front were in negotiations with China, but that isn't on there. So I guess we're not going to China after all. Finland is on there for a third attempt. Maybe we'll go to Finland this time. <laughs> Germany. Is Germany on there? I don't think I saw Germany. Um, yep, well, Germany's on there. June, traditional date. Well, well Valkensvard, that's going to be um, uh, for the second year in a row, I guess, even though... Yeah, there were rumours that Valkensvard was coming back. Yeah, so that's, so that's not, that's not there. So somehow, we've got two French rounds, we've got two in Indonesia, but nothing's actually missing. It seems like everything... I've just compared it to the 2019 calendar, and it seems like everything's there for the most part. I can't yeah, see any... Apart from out. China... I can't see anything that's missing. Yeah. But it just feels uh, like something must have been replaced. That, that is, this is 20 rounds, right? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, 20 rounds. Yeah. But yeah, I'm happy that EMX 2T is a one round thing. We don't want to be put through any more of that, do we? Um, that's interesting. They have, they've obviously switched it to the same weekend as the 65 and the 85. Yeah, because that, yeah, and that will make sense because Lockett does normally host like the random EMX classes that only turn up once. Yeah. In front, have said that for the TBA events, they are in negotiations with various European and overseas organizers. So I guess there is a chance we still go to Brazil and they just move the EMX 250 round to another event. Same for the last round for the TBA. TBA. Most interesting as well that the penultimate round is Turkey. So would we really go back to Europe after Turkey or would we just go to another flyaway? That's what I'm thinking. Qatar? Interesting as well, Riola Sardo's back because that was obviously a late addition to 2021 for COVID purposes, but we're back there in the 15th of May. That's a nice place. Jesus Christ. Are you pleased about the Spanish car park returning? Oh, I am happy. What a GP, honestly. I wish I could go back to my happiness level from that weekend. Hmm. Yeah, you kind of get that build-up because you like the Latvian GP, don't you? And then yeah, oh yeah. Then you've got Russia, so you have like a big <laughs> up and then a big down. <laughs> the problem is, I don't like Russia and I don't like Rio Lasado. So like, Latvia is basically my how, way of them giving you, me like. How can you not like Sardinia? Well, first of all, you don't know. You missed your flight, so you're not qualified to comment. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> second of all, it was like going back to 1930. I was expecting a World War siren at any second. Oh, I was expecting did, to just did they drive not, along. Did they not have enough McDonald's for you? I was expecting to be driving along and then just hear, oh no, we're fucking being bombed. Truth be told, it looked like they already had been. Jesus Christ. I do apologize so anyway, for to Sard- everybody Sard- from Sardinia <laughs> and anybody who's been Sard- to Sardinia, which is a beautiful place. No, people do love it. Like Sua thinks, to be fair, what I discovered is there's a half of Sardinia that's very nice with lovely beaches and everything. We didn't go to that part. <laughs> so next year I might stay in the beach part. Yeah. That's, I don't know what, I, don't, I haven't got much else to say other than we are back to very normal. I do think that this calendar will stand. Obviously, there are always going to be changes, but I don't think... Like, I would bet right now that we will start at Matterley on 20th of February. Like, whereas last year it was very like, oh, look at this calendar. Oh, maybe. I do feel quite confident that this thing's going to kick off. Yeah, no, that, I, 100%. 100%. Um, things are, yeah, a little, little bit more easier. Traveling's a bit, a bit easier. So 
I can't see any issue with this. People uh, in the Liat Ask Twice Anything segment earlier, someone pointed out my pronunciation of GPs already struggling with the MXGP of Charantee Maritime. Charantee? 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 Uh, France 2, as I'll be referring to it. Or Charantee. Yep, France 2. MXGP of France 2. Spoiler alert, post-race podcast, 21st of August, I'll be saying MXGP of France 2. (laughs) Any thoughts on this calendar, James? I feel like I've insulted enough countries. No, it's it's super balanced. Uh, I've insulted I'm just uh, of Russia, Sardinia, so yeah, pretty good. I think for the, for the European based, uh, for people like the, the teams or the riders that are going to focus on the European elements of this calendar, I think it works really well. I think there's nothing which, um, you know, like you could kind of say, well, actually, after St. John from a European based team, that's it, we're out. Um, forget the, you know, forget Turkey. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think it's, it seems way more financially doable, especially having that break for European teams with Indonesia. What GP will you be going to, James? Uh, I don't know, Lewis, to be honest. Because um, I'll be booking hotels once we stop this podcast. So what tickles your fancy? Well, uh, 10th of April, Trentino, unless my uh, daughter comes with me, which uh, may not happen. Uh, it's her 10th <laughs> birthday, so can't do that. I think... I quite fancy getting over to Turkey for because you know I've not been to Turkey and oh I am looking the biggest disappointment here is I'm not spending a week in Turkey again yeah so I think the Turkish GP I'm interested to go to Finland the Finnish GP would be quite cool oh you can go there instead of me I've not been there but it don't look great (laughs) (laughs) Jesus you really sell as well no, 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 I'm joking, but I've tried booking hotels for the Finnish GP for two years now because this has been a couple of full starters and it's quite hard to get like hotels. Right, so it doesn't seem like the most... Yeah, uh, Lommel would... Uh, Lommel's just You're going to go to Lommel? Yeah, Lommel's good fun. I, I enjoy going to Lommel. It's always packed. It's really good. Yeah, I, I've not been to Oss, so I'd like to maybe go over to Netherlands for Oss. I'm looking forward to Oss, Trentino, Latvia, Spain, Erne. Tushintal, Indonesia, Lockett, Lommel, Udavala, St. John, Turkey, Redbud. Yeah, Redbud, definitely. I'll uh, see you in September. You're not invited. Yeah, I invite myself. Please arrange your own travel. Yeah, uh, who knows? Maybe see you in Argentina. <laughs> More chance of me sprouting wings and flying myself to Argentina. <laughs> Uh, no, um, there's a few, there's a few plans in action. So I don't know, I don't know how it's going to work um, next year. Oh, here it, we it, go. I can't wait to stop recording and hear about your plans and actions to go to Argentina. Some commitment. Let me guess. People of this podcast have heard enough now. Let me guess. There's a meeting that you have to attend in Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> no, at the end of the day, like when I, when I look at the GP calendar now, it's not like um, a few years ago where I was going to pretty much every round. Now yeah, that's because you're not invited. Now I kind of look at it and it's like, um, I, don't, I don't necessarily need to be, a, if I go to a GP, it's because I want to go want there to annoy off, my everyone. Own, off my own back. Yeah, so, um, it, I, you know, I don't work at any of the GPs anymore. I don't do anything there. So, um, yeah, if, if it, you know, I, lo- I love traveling, but at the same time, um, I don't need to be there. There's no point. Oh, that's uplifting. <laughs> yeah, well, it is. It, the end of the day, every time I go to a GP, it just takes money out of the business, doesn't it? So. 
Oh, not this. You, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I wasn't clear. You'll have, if you're going to any GPs or Redbud, please arrange your own travel. <laughs> yeah, that'd be about right. I didn't mean that and use the MX Vice credit card. I meant please arrange your own travel using your own funds. Yeah, see, that, see that'd be about right. Um, your birthday is a week before Redbud, so maybe you could ask for a present for someone as flights to Chicago. Do you know what I love about you? Is that you forget uh-huh. the first like seven years where I put half a million pounds into this business. That's what I I'm love about be, you. I'm not going to lie to you, James. You need to wear a name badge because at this point, I'm close <laughs> to forgetting even that. <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. Uh, I can still, uh, even though I am really, really stupid, as you mentioned, I can still put the words P45 into my Crawling to the finish line, I think, was the Find a form. Uh, and, and literally, just always remember, always remember, Michael Antonovich is only an email away. On that cheery note, Shall we wrap it up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's wrap it up. No, it's, it's, that's, that's, you know, a good calendar. I think a lot of the teams are going to be looking at that and, and, and they're going to think, okay, that's financially doable. You know, it's, we just come through the toughest period. I think that's going to be a, a calendar which excites a lot of teams. Yeah, like I was expecting it to be a lot worse from a financial point of view. I was expecting China to be on there, Brazil to be on, like, free flyaways is reasonable. Like, I'm not going to, yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah, and, and, and most, like, like obviously, you've you got the factory teams, you've got some of the satellite teams which are going to be looking at this and they're going to go. Um, and then you're going to have um, possibly, like, you know, the teams like JWR, which are going to be concentrating. There's still there's teams out there, like five, six teams, which are just going to be like, they're, they're building themselves up, they're building their, their sponsors, they're building their, their financial um, foundations to get to that, that full calendar, but they're going to look at this and go, okay, we, we can compete in MXGP in the European rounds for another year. Great. Tick. Boom. So good. Nice. Thank you. Right. Any more, anything to add? We've done the Planet Motor bombshell. We've done Leah Ask Vice anything. No, I We've mean, done, uh, are you smarter than a bird? You, you gave us some good insights into to, to possibly who's going where. Is, uh, you've obviously mentioned that some MXGP uh, riders are still waiting for the Kawasaki seat. Well, they all is are. There, uh, yeah, so is there, is there any other uh, ones which would have um, gone on the radar? Uh, I I've mean, just it, suggested, um, I've just suggested Dylan Wright to a team. Yeah. And the team manager replied with, really? Hmm, I like him. So watch this space. Ooh, hello. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. You can't go wrong with Wright. Uh, yeah, okay, well done. I really hope that whatever TB signs for, I get to write the PR so I can use that as the headline. It's all about you, isn't it? All the time. But what, what a headline. Okay, I really hope that whatever team he signs for uses that as their headline. You can't go wrong with right. Like, literally. It's like, that's worth signing him alone. The thing is, if you've done that on a PR, then they probably have an injury-plagued like season because you've just got that Midas touch on stuff like that. I also hope the team that signs Ben writes... X team happy to jump on the Watson wagon. I just hope that a team that signs Ben bans you from the awning. That's not a very nice thing to say. You're not a very nice person. No, and on that note, thank you, Prox Racing Parts. The final part of the MXY show was, of course, brought to you by Prox Racing Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything the Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all of you. Motocross riders, enduro riders, practice guys, race guys, whatever. 
privateers, GP riders, whatever. You all require the very best and prox racing parts off of that. What you're going to want to do, head to pro-x.com now, learn more, and basically use that website as your Bible for the next 20 years of riding because, honestly, everything you need is there. Also, I'd like to thank, of course, Fly Racing, as mentioned, Max Anstey in Fly Racing gear and the Fly Racing Formula helmet, as is Isaac Gifting. Leah, they've just launched their 2022 helmets. Their 2022 gear launched not too long ago. And the FNH riders who will be wearing Liat will be announced shortly. Watch this space. Planet Motor Holidays, ride Red Sand. Get to Spain. Have a holiday. Train your ass off. Whatever one you want to do, Planet Motor Holidays is the one for you. Rhyme. Prox Racing Parts, as mentioned, that's your Bible. You've got a bike, that's your Bible. Use proxpro-x.com. Use that to find cost-effective parts for your bike and then just base all of your decisions off of that for the foreseeable future. You can't go wrong with Prox. There's a reason why we associate with them. That's it. And also, Honda SR, FH, 114, and others, they all use Prox racing parts. Technical Touch and KYB, we obviously um, feature Dragon Tech as the spotlight on the KYB by Technical Touch authorized dealer. We'll have a new one next week, but for this week, they were our featured authorized dealer. Get factory kit suspension for your bike. Even Strokes, James Burfield would like you to go to evenstrokes.com and buy something so he can go to a GP next year. MXGP TV, you're not going to have long until you want to sign up to MXGP TV again. February the 20th, it all goes off. Will we have a part two to the epic 2021 season? Well, we can only hope even something half as good would make us happy. Backyard Design UK, Tommy Sell uses Backyard Design UK in all of his activities, and he has a lot of activities going on nowadays. Who would have ever thought that Tommy Sell would be such, a, such an active guy? Asterix knee braces, Tim Geiser uses, used Asterix knee braces en route to third in the MXGP series this year. And Armour Nutrition, Comrade Muse, Adam Cincerello, Nick Way, Jeremy McGrath, Chad Reed, Cameron McAdoo, they all use Armour Nutrition and you can get those same products in Europe now. Yes, Europe. Head to evenstrokes.com to shop Armour. Thank you to those guys. Thank you to you for listening. We'll have a lot of um, off-season content coming up and also an announcement about this podcast for next year coming up too. Ch-ch-ch-changes coming. I'm leaving. <laughs> Not you, actually. Um, anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you to our loyal sponsors. Thank you, James Burfield. Thank you, Lewis Phillips. I'm Lewis Phillips, your host. Thanks for listening. See you next week. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, Visit planetmoto.co for more information. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, 
or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.